The voice has gone out into all the earth. The heavens declare the glory of God. Wisdom. The reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. Let us be attentive. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from the heavens like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributed and resting upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they were amazed and wondered, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native tongue? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pondos and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty words of God. He speaks to you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to John. Let us be attentive. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and proclaimed, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, which those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When they heard these words, some of the people said, this is really the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ is descended from David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So there was a division among the people over him. 
Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, why did you not bring him? The officers answered, no man ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered them, are you led astray, you also? Have any of the authorities or of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd who did not know the law are accursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first a hearing and learning what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search, and you will see that there is no prophet, that, that no prophet is to arrive from Galilee. And again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fifty days ago, we celebrated the greatest of feasts, Christ's resurrection. After his resurrection, after that fantastic experience of the great feast, we began a new journey. And the new journey arrived here. It brought us here. This was our destination. The feast commonly known as Pentecost and in its full and more formal name, the descent of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, this was a separate journey, very different than the journey we had been on prior to Pascha. Prior to his resurrection, we had the Lenten journey. Prior to the beginning of Lent, we had a shorter journey of preparing for Lent. Of course, the entire year is always a journey. This feast also is just one destination on that greater journey to his resurrection every year. On this feast, we celebrate the fulfillment of Christ's promise to his disciples that he would not leave us alone. Perhaps they didn't quite understand. We know they didn't quite understand everything when he was speaking to them.
prior to his crucifixion, death, and resurrection. But he promised them that he would not leave them alone. He promised them that he would send down the Spirit of God. He would send down the Comforter. He would send down the Spirit of Truth to be with them. And all they had to do, all they were asked to do was to stay together and pray. Seems rather simple. Of course, it's not always simple when we are told to simply wait and pray. It is actually quite difficult. Try telling your teenage son or daughter to just wait and pray. Or maybe your young adult son or daughter to just wait and pray. Or better yet, try telling yourself to just wait and pray when you're faced with something that you do not fully understand. Or worse yet, when you're faced with something that you're afraid of. In other words, those disciples very near him and those who were with him throughout his journey toward the cross had to actually live out a commitment to wait on the promise of their teacher, of their rabbi, Jesus Christ. They did wait, and those who waited received in the form of tongues of fire upon their heads the Holy Spirit, who is true God. This feast, the whole weekend, Saturday, today, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, is about celebrating the manifestation of the Trinity as our caretaker. The Holy Spirit becoming our caretaker by the promise of Jesus Christ. So now, let me get a little more normal. It's hard for me, but let me try. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Is this a real question? Is this a fair question? Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Was God the Father not sufficient? Was he not present in the lives of their people? No, think about it quite seriously. Was God the Father insufficient? Or let's leave that one behind, because we believe in Jesus Christ, right? Is Jesus Christ not sufficient? Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Why do I have to believe in yet a third person who is supposed to be part of this one trinity? Well, first of all, just to put your minds at ease, there's no heresy being preached. We do need the Holy Spirit. 
it quite frankly, there's no such talk of God being insufficient in either one of the three persons. He is fully sufficient. He is, in fact, he who contains everything. But for us, we need God as Trinity. We needed the second person, Jesus Christ, to enter the world. And it's easy to just think of that death on the cross. That's not enough. We actually have to think about the reality that we needed Jesus to be born first as a man. We needed him. We needed to see God come to you and to me just as you and I can understand. And then we needed his ministry on earth in the physical flesh and bone. And then we needed his death. And of course, we needed his resurrection without which nothing exists and nothing makes sense. But we didn't just need his resurrection either. We needed him in the Feast of Ascension. We needed him to keep his promise also to us to send us that third person who is fully God, the Holy Spirit. Yes, of course, Jesus is in your mind. Jesus is in your heart. All of those poetic, beautiful expressions are real and are true. But we needed something extra. We needed God to put on to ourselves. You see, we needed him because we need direction. Let me explain. St. Gregory of Nazianzen describes the event of the Feast of Pentecost in this manner. Actually, quite simply, he describes it as a reversal of the Tower of Babel. You all remember the story of the Tower of Babel? What happened there quickly? People tried to show God that they can reach his level and his space by their work, by their wisdom. That's what people, we, not just those people back then, you and I too, try to show God that we can be on par with him. We can build a tower to reach the skies. What happened? We all know what happened. We actually descended into a miserable failure because in pursuing their own wisdom, they arrived at complete chaos. The languages were divided. They could not understand each other anymore. Essentially, brothers and sisters, it's not so much that they couldn't build a tower. It's the fact that 
their communication now destroyed their own relationships and not just with God but with each other. They could no longer function together because of their mindless pursuit. Now the reversal, as St. Gregory of Nazianzen says. The disciples of Christ do not pursue to be on par with God. Rather, they simply obey and come together to wait and to pray in that upper room in Jerusalem so that the promise of their divine teacher might become fulfilled and complete. So if God in his omnipotence and in his omnipresence has been and becomes for us that which we always need, indeed we need the Holy Spirit who is the real presence of God that guides us, protects us, and heals us. The Holy Spirit actually completes us. And you know why, again, brothers and sisters? Because we need direction. We don't need just comfort and healing. We need direction. Yes, we humans need to be given a target. For when we just pursue life without a destination, we never arrive. We never arrive when there is no goal, no target, no destination. So we need to be directed. Because if we never arrive, we always just wander, being lost differently at every stage of life. How is this real today? How is it real today, you might ask? Let me give you just the opposite. Let me give you some traps on how we can actually lose focus, lose our direction given by the church, by Christ God. Here's one trap. Have you heard the statement? It's all about the journey. Have you heard that statement? Have you said that statement? Even feeling yourself wise. I know I have. Life is about the journey, not the destination. False, brothers and sisters. Yes, we are to find ways to enjoy the journey. But life is not about the journey. Life is about the place of arrival. If we simply seek to enjoy the journey without knowing where we're going, we're going to end up exactly there, nowhere. Here's another one of those traps. I've said this, I'm sure you have too. It's really popular now. Just check out social media. You be you. 
Have you heard that before? Please don't tell me you haven't, because I know you have. Or if you want to sound a little more sophisticated, just be yourself. Really. This, brothers and sisters, is the greatest deception of our time. Just be yourself. Of course, oftentimes when we say that, we mean for people to be honest, to be genuine. And we are to be honest and genuine. But not simply to be a highly super philosophical generalized self, because that is actually not really very stable. Which self should I be? Which one of me should that be? Which one of you should that be? If I am to just be myself, which one is that? Is that the one who on December 31st decides to make a New Year's resolution to eat healthy and exercise every day? Or should it be the me on January 2nd who pigs out on junk food and lies on the couch binge-watching Netflix? And I realize this sounds like a joke, but I actually mean it very seriously. I mean it very seriously. I cannot offer myself my own stability. Neither can you. Brothers and sisters, we by ourselves are not sufficient. Take that to your therapist. Your priest told you you're insufficient. And I am very serious. I am insufficient in and of myself. I can offer a lot by my decision. I can offer and contribute a lot by my choices. I can develop by my education and by listening to advice and by always striving to be better and more. But I am not sufficient. My sufficiency enters in only and only when I submit to be here with you to wait and to pray. Brothers and sisters, every church is an upper room. You and I are called to church on Sunday morning into that upper room so that the Holy Spirit that we take on becomes refreshed and renewed by receiving Christ. St. Macarios the Great says the following the about the descent of the Holy Spirit, about the experience. Just like Jesus Christ has put on a human body, likewise Christians put on the Holy Spirit. Oh, think of how beautiful that is. Think of how amazing you are to be deemed worthy by God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to take him on 
and to be able to walk with God being visible in the world wherever you walk. Brothers and sisters, this teaching from St. Macarius refreshes us, refreshes us because it teaches us that even though on my own I am insufficient, with the Holy Spirit embracing me and I embracing him, I am actually created for a different goal, to become greater than I am. Each and every one of you has a target and a destination to become much greater than you are. Yes, by taking on the Holy Spirit, allowing him as true God to live with us and in us, just like the disciples of Christ faithfully came together in that upper room to receive the promise of their divine teacher, Jesus. Likewise, you and I will gain the completion, the fulfillment of our true selves, remaining as one body of believers in prayer to God. Amen.